Hello, and welcome to episode four of Girl Mode, the best gaming podcast that you are listening to at this exact moment. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Robin B. And I'm your other host, Willa Rowe. It's the, it's the best gaming podcast that we're recording right now. That's true. It's it's winning all kinds of awards from us. So it's been it's been a week, Willa. Yeah. Um, it's it's felt like a fairly tame week in the world of video games, mm-hmm. and a extremely not tame week of being a person who lives in the world, uh, particularly in the United States of America, and also on Twitter. Yeah. One of the biggest stories currently going on right now is uh, the the continued uh destruction of twitter at the hands of its you know apartheid emerald mine holding new owner uh and the other thing that's happened is the midterm elections which which happened uh this tuesday at time of recording could have gone much worse yeah um you know we all did our civic duty you know voted Mm -hmm. but i'd say you know at least (laughs) For, for us, mostly good. And and by us, I mean gamers. The most important demographic. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was very funny. Like on top of, you know, the Democrats winning a lot of good seats and stuff. Um, there were some really funny stories where there was a the first ever representative uh, to Congress who is a known Kingdom Hearts <laughs> fan. So we're referencing a, a Kotaku story here. Uh, particularly the headline, Americans elect first ever known Kingdom Hearts fan to Congress. And I just love that they had to put known in there just because you never there know. might be like closeted Kingdom Hearts weirdos already. Nancy Pelosi loves Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it could be true. We don't know. You can't tell me it's not true definitively. No, it's not slander if we if we say allegedly. But uh, yeah, this is Maxwell Frost, who is a Democratic candidate for Florida's congre- 10th congressional district. And he won. And he, people were like, uh, brought out these tweets of him talking about Kingdom Hearts from like years ago. So we've claimed him as a gamer. It's fantastic. <laughs> Weirdly enough, he wasn't the only one because also in Montana, a Super Smash Brothers competitive player is now a representative. <laughs> Which is, I, I think that's actually, that's the kind of energy I think we need in politics. Yeah. Is- so this is uh, Zoe Zephyr, who was a Super Smash Brothers player. She's a trans woman and now a representative of the United States Congress. So gamers and trans women are, uh, we stay winning. <laughs> yes. Well, she, so she's actually in the state House of Representatives. Okay. Um, yeah. Not the, yeah. But she is like the first trans person in Montana's House of Representatives, which is great. And she's also like, she's not the only trans person who won uh, a race in this election, which yeah, is pretty great. Like, pretty huge, uh, especially considering how scary and horrible people, particularly Republicans, <laughs> have been about trans people for the past, I mean, you know, forever, but particularly for the past year, it's really ramped up, like, mm-hmm. in the way that Republicans always do when election is coming up, they, like, make up some issue to to get people all riled up, whether it's, like, you know, the, the caravan, the migrant caravan that's going to take over America. Uh, we just happened to be the political football this time, Yeah, which... Um, um, you know, no matter who they're targeting, it's always awful. Uh, this is the first time that I've been part of the group that's 
it's quite uh, in their sights so much. Uh, and I've got to say, it sucked. So I don't know. It, it felt very encouraging to see how many people were like rejecting that shit out of hand. Yeah, it's it's just nice every once in a while to like after just seeing so much vitriol, especially on like socials and stuff and Twitter. Mm-hmm for for it to be like no we were there's some hope there's some good stuff that happens so and it's been yeah i don't know there's there's obviously still a, a, a ton of work to do i would reckon well okay twitter might be dead by the time this comes out but i very much recommend following aaron reed if if you still can <laughs> when uh when this happens she has been like she's an activist she's been following this stuff a lot uh i've i've read her a lot over this week just to see she like really has an eye on not only these these bigger elections, but like school board elections, which is where a lot of like the book bannings and laws that are like requiring teachers to misgender students and shit. A lot of those races have also ended up with like anti-trans candidates pushed out and uh, folks are more favorable to not being complete assholes getting uh, getting into their yeah, spaces. And if Twitter is like dead or you just don't want to be in Twitter, uh, she also has a sub stack. It's called mm-hmm. Aaron in the morning. She's also on TikTok. You can find her in other places. If when if and when Twitter burns. But yeah, so that's been, you know, elections are always very stressful, but it's kind of the most hopeful sign I think we've seen in a long time that like this this current wave of attacks has not gone the way that the folks perpetrating it were expecting. Um, and maybe that signals kind of a sea change. We can only hope. On like more regularly scheduled uh, <laughs> programming. Less dire news. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there was also a Nintendo Indie World showcase that happened. And there were a lot of really cool and cute games. Like, I I am someone who loves indie games, I think, generally more than AAA games, <laughs> typically. Yeah, So there sure. were So there were a lot of announcements here that I had, like, been looking forward to or have been anticipating. So it was really cool to see. Uh, were there a couple games that, like, stood out to you when you were watching this? Yeah, there were actually a lot of games that I I had my eye on. So both like games that I've been watching that showed up at it, and also games that I hadn't heard of that that kind of made, uh, you know, this is the first appearance that got on my radar. So I think maybe start with maybe we should start with those, like some of the ones that we hadn't heard of uh, that we saw for the first time. Yeah, I think maybe the one that I've seen the most buzz about is this game Pepper Grinder. Did you check that trailer? Yeah, I I mean, I watched the showcase and this was like okay. another one of those ones where I never heard of it. <laughs> so it looks very interesting. Um, just kind of this like almost arcadey, but it's really cute. The like pixel animation um, where the character like has a drill. It's almost <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Shovel Knight in that you oh, yeah. are Good a call. character who uh, mainly uses this one weird tool as your like <laughs> yeah. weapon and mode of exploration. <laughs> Yeah, it made me immediately think of Dig Dug because oh, I'm yeah. geriatric, which which <laughs> makes sense that that's my touchstone. But more than that, it makes me think of, um, I don't know if you played Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Is that the second one? Uh, I think that's the second one, yeah. I, I never played either of the Ori games. Oh, definitely play the first one. It rules. I haven't finished the second one. I'm sure it's good too. But there's a there's a mechanic in the second one where you, I mean, basically do this. Like you can tunnel into the ground and use it as like, you're, you're kind of like always constantly going forward when you do it. So it is just this like speed burst through the sand. Uh, and it was like a r- extremely fun mechanic. And this looks like kind of an entire game built around a similar premise. It's just like, it looks extremely like frantic and colorful and fun. Yeah, I don't know, just a really a really neat one central mechanic that they it looks like they've kind of built an entire kind of platform 
platformer puzzle thing around. And it certainly looks really interesting. It is probably the most like action oriented kind of game that, that caught my eye. A lot of the others are look decidedly more chill. <laughs> Those are the games that I was like mostly looking at and looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Like all these super artistic like narrative indie games. For example, Venba, which is this game that I've been looking forward to forever. It's like a cooking visual novel almost. And it's about this woman who like we learn her story through her history of cooking dishes with her mother. It's all about like Indian cuisine and um, a story of like immigration. It just looks really, really beautiful. And I feel like I I haven't seen a game really use like cooking as its main mechanic in this kind of way beyond like a game like Cooking Mama, which I guess that's the focus. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is also one that I've kind of been watching for what feels like a couple of years now, but maybe it's just like a year. But yeah, I think I think you're right that there's there are lots of games that use cooking you know, either it's like a mini game or it's something like Cooking Simulator where kind of the point is you can either play it as like an incredibly accurate, you know, realistic sort of sim or just fuck around and it becomes like kind of a goofy thing that it, like it is so realistic that it's fun to screw it up. Whereas this is like, it, yeah, I mean, like it, it is like telling a story through cooking and it seems like it's really focusing on kind of the, the more minute aspects where it's not just like press A to grill this fish or whatever. It's like, it seems to be very hands-on. I don't know, that makes it really interesting. I think it's funny that the other game that stood out to me is Coffee Talk Episode (laughs) 2. So it's just both these games about being chill and like making food or making coffee, Mm -hmm. which are already things I do usually in my day to day. But just like watching (laughs) these games, I'm like, oh, this is chill as hell. I want to do that. Yeah, I really like this, that that mode of game where it's just like, yes, sure, this is a thing I could go do in real life. But isn't it more fun to like do it in this relaxing way Mm -hmm. where if I burn something it's not going to set off my fire alarm were there any other games that you saw that you really were excited about yeah i mean honestly the whole showcase was like pretty great another one that i like hadn't heard of before is aka which is uh described by its developer as a small open world game which is something i i really want (laughs) to see done more um i you know as much as i like the open world you know the feel of many open world games i tend to they tend to run like just way too long and i will like really enjoy the first few hours and then get burned out pretty much immediately like as soon as you move to new area or whatever so I'm interested to see like how small, like what do they mean by small open world? It makes me think of this game, um, Book of Travels. Yes. Yeah. Which, which I'm like dying to play. Yeah. And they call it like a tiny online, like it's basically a tiny MMO is how they bill it, where you are in a online world where you will interact with other characters, but apparently it's supposed to be like really sparsely populated and you don't really have the ability to talk to people that much. So it's like distilling this weird experience down into something really small and manageable which i think is like design mentality that like these two games are doing is is really interesting i'm I'm looking forward to like both of them book of travels for sure like it gives me like to to give a throwback to our first episode it gives me like journey and ego vibes in that way yeah we're just like exploring these like pretty compact environments and and having weird kind of fleeting interactions with people but akka yeah i don't know akka is a very pretty game it's like a you play as like a like a red panda uh and it's it's this like looks very like decidedly chill it's a like grow crops you know meet your neighbors kind of thing uh but it seems entirely like i i don't think there's any kind of like 
like you know action or anything that, that falls in that that sort of category like it seems very focused on the sort of the chill things which i'm i really want to i really want to explore that like i i think focusing on those those aspects can be really really powerful for a game of like really focusing on like how do we make this interesting how do we like systematize these things without bogging it down with just like combat just for the hell of it one of the things that was like just great to see is that this like smaller showcase with these really interesting indie games was honestly more exciting than like any of the other bigger showcases that we are like inundated with right now because frankly like every game that was shown off has something really unique about it and makes me want to try it uh, which was good to see like as opposed to shows where it's just playing another triple a open world game that i'm like super tired of yeah i mean that was probably like why i i was i wanted to talk about this with you because like it's i i just i don't know i i think the nintendo indie world streams are the most consistently interesting and fun shows because they like they you know they do give these games space to breathe whereas if they're shoved into a, a bigger type of show it's like there's always just like mm-hmm. the indie highlight reel which like this show also had <laughs> Uh, I think these could benefit, honestly, from being like a little more focused. You don't need to show us the games that we already know about unless you like actually have news to announce about them. Um, I, I would much more, you know, I'd much rather see them focus entirely on new things uh, just because like, I don't know, cramming too many in kind of dilutes the the impact of any individual one of them. So it's like, it's not a perfect format, but I think it's probably like the most consistent show out there. And, and yet it... Uh... Again, there was no sign of uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. They honestly just need to give that its own direct at some point, because whenever it shows up, it's going to suck the air out of like everything else. Like it's the one that everyone's been talking about. At this point, I feel like they're just going to announce it and they'll show it off in a trailer and they'll be like, by the way, it's actually available right now. I don't feel like that's impossible. Like, I really feel like that's what they could be do- like building up to. Uh, and I would be extremely excited about that. That would be such a mic drop. <laughs> Absolutely, because like as much as I do enjoy, you know, seeing these games I've never heard of and da da da, da like Silk Song is probably the game I've been looking forward to the most for the <laughs> longest. <laughs> so yeah, whenever that actually happens, I will be a very happy girl. So like speaking of games and just like being inundated with a lot of games, I talked about this last week, but what the game I've been playing a lot lately is Harvestella. And so Harvestella is like from Square Enix and it's their latest game. It's like a farming JRPG. Are you sure? Because they seem to put out a game every three days or so. There, this there is could what be I something wanted to talk about because it's like weirdly been the year of Square Enix where they keep releasing game after game after game, but they just come so so fast that like I feel like most of them have gotten no space and they just go in one ear and out the other like Harvestella which is a game that I don't know I was super excited about I was looking forward Mm -hmm. to and I've had a really good time playing it but when it released everybody on Twitter was like wait, this game is out? I had I had no idea. I had yeah. forgotten about this. And then the Twitter thread continued to people eventually finding out that other Square Enix games from this year had already come out. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a hilarious cycle. Uh-huh. There were like, you know, game journalists posting like three days after the release of Harvestella, like, wait, this thing came out? <laughs> like, how did we not even know about this? It's, it's very strange how much they've been just kind of like shoving things. Like, okay, so like on top of my head, there's like Harvestella, there was Valkyrie, Elysium. There was Diofield Chronicles. Triangle Strategy. <laughs> which I forgot about. There's Star Ocean, the Divine Force. God, yes. I, again, forgot about. Apologies to Hayes. I mean, way back in the year, there was Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. 
Was that this year? That was this year. That wasn't that even like impossible. That wasn't even like an awards thing where it's like, oh, it was late last year. That was like this this year, this year. That one at least got like that one got marketed, but I think largely because everyone was just so confused and like entertained by the weirdness of it. And then Tactics Ogre is also coming out this year. Came out yesterday. <laughs> Again, it's out. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> right. Which just I illustrates didn't know the this. point. <laughs> even when we went looking for examples of this happening, there were too many for us to both keep track of. Yeah, I mean, like I would have probably forgotten about it if I hadn't reviewed it. Like yeah, it's exactly. it's just like, there are so, so many. It was very, it was kind of the same with, with Harvestella where I was also looking forward to it. And then it came out and I was like, oh, Oh, I thought that was like weeks away. How many of these games have like you played or were you planning on playing? Okay, so I've played Tactics Ogre. I've played Harvestella. I've played Final Fantasy Origins. I've not played Diofield Chronicles, but I would like to. I haven't played Star Ocean and probably won't. I played the demo and it just was not, just not for me. Um, I feel like I'm already missing some. Uh, Triangle Strategy. I have that on PC and I think the PC controls are god awful. So I gave up after like an hour. I need to like hook it up on my steam link and like play with the controller or something because yeah. it was like unplayable on on pc yeah so i've actually played most of them it's just that like they just keep coming out at such a pace that none of none of them really stick in my mind how would have what have you played or or are wanting to play so yeah i've been playing stranger of paradise i've been playing a lot of harvest stella beyond that those are what i've currently played but I've, i want to play tactics ogre reborn and i want to try valkyrie elysium because it it seems like a weird game where there's some really cool elements like the combat mm -hmm. um and i think it's going to be worth a try but they've all just passed over and i think harvestella for me is the one that is, that is stuck because i enjoy it so so much which is the thing that baffles me of like these games aren't all bad and like even the ones that i think i don't personally like there are a lot of people who who would like triangle strategy for example i know mm -hmm. a lot of like tactics people actually very much enjoy it but it's just that they've gotten like no attention so i just don't think people know about them yeah it, it is very bizarre like i think like do field chronicle is like an interesting example of that because it is it seems like a very strange experiment square has made a lot of tactics games in the vein of like tactics ogre but this looks like a very different kind of style of play uh and it's it looks like the kind of thing that i don't know like it's gotten fairly middling reviews but it seems like such a such a departure that i would think that they would like have an invested more in it but but then again like from from the other standpoint it's like harvestella seems like a slam dunk and they also are not you know like focusing any attention on that either it's it's like i can't even there's not even a pattern there where it's like oh this these kind of games are getting promoted these kind of games aren't like there's been a farming game a tactics game an action game and you know multiple of like each of those genres it's i just i i can't comprehend what they're doing <laughs> at this point and something that i like i even forgot about and in, in like talking about the games that are coming out or have come out is they still have also Final Fantasy VII, uh, the Crisis right. Core remaster. That's also this year. It's going to be December. Yeah. It's just like, and it is the thing of Harvestella is like the one that's making me think a lot about this because I was really worried that the silence, like the lack of like marketing was because it wasn't going to be very good. But I like have been playing it and I have like nothing but good things to say about this game. It's hooked me in a way that a lot of games haven't lately. And I cannot recommend it highly enough and every time i talk about it people are like i forgot about this game i haven't heard about this game or oh yeah i wanted to play this game i can't believe it's out tell me about your 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 time with harvestella i want to hear why like how this is working for you 
So Harvestella, basically the like core thing about it is that it mixes traditional like JRPG storytelling and combat with the farming sim mechanics of also having to like run a farm and talk to like residents of a town and make money for yourself to like support your whatever journeys you want to do and the thing that I think has been really great about it is that it's it feels like the perfect everyday game to just pick up for an hour or an hour and a half and just do a little bit of stuff in it because by mixing the JRPG and the farming you can do whatever you want to at any time so if I like get bored of dungeons because dungeons are pretty substantial in the game they take several in-game days to really complete um they're they're fairly difficult and they like culminate in like final fantasy 14 style boss fights where you have to like make sure you're keeping track of mechanics you have to get out of the out of the way of any like um markers on the ground of where damage is going to come in you have to make sure you're changing jobs uh sometimes you have to like do positional attacks it's like really complicated and it's very engaging but it can take a long time and if you get bored of that well then i can just buy some seeds and try to get as many crops as I can on my farm or like clear out my farm to make it look pretty or I can just go do side quests in the world and the side quests in Harvestella are exceptional. Each side quest has like really good writing, a really well told story that feels contained in itself but also tells you something about the world that you wouldn't have known if you didn't do this side quest. They're really really engaging and then also within that you can do like companion side quests where you get to hang out with your party members slash the people that you can romance so that has been a big activity of mine can you give me an example of an early side quest that you liked yeah of course like one of the first side quests you get is in um leith village which is like the starting town you meet a woman who says she thinks that a house on the outskirts of town is haunted because she says like well there was a guy who lived there but he left and recently in the past few nights she's like heard noises from there she's seen lights going on and off and she's like so it's a ghost final answer um please go investigate and you go to investigate like the haunted house and you meet a young woman there she gets like really mad at you because she's like you are barging into like my house you need to go like please leave this is unacceptable you just like ran in here and accused me of being a ghost and eventually you can like gain her trust back and then she'll tell you like i'm sorry i'm just trying to keep the house like nice and clean and prepared in case he comes back Mm. and you find out that this is like the guy's partner who he became a mercenary and was like i'm gonna go try to make money so i can support us but i'll come back and he never did (laughs) so you learn this like really sad story um And this is kind of the end of that side quest because you go back to the woman and you say, so it's not haunted. Um, It's just like a woman who's there and she's very sad. But then later, not too far later, you will run into somebody who's like, oh, I'm from Leith Village. Do you like know this woman? And so the side quests just like start showing you that this world is full and connected and that people in the world do know each other. Um, And that's it's like well done where it the side quest itself is 
is like, look, this is a true world with people who have, you know, goals and motivations. But also for this story specifically, it's a really interesting tale of this woman like in love who's like waiting on this person. And it's then when you meet the like guy, you see both sides of the story and how it's like been like tough on them. It's it's done really well, I think. It's it's a great early quest to like set the stage of how good the side quests are for Harvestella. That does sound great. Did you, did this game like get its hooks in you right away or did it take a while to to grow on you? I think it mostly got its hooks into me right away. Um, Something that is different than most farming sims that I think if people see this game and are like, I like farming sims, I'm going to try it out. The only thing that can like get in the way of that is that the beginning of Harvestella is more like an RPG because you, you wake up and you have amnesia and then the first like hour or two are very cutscene heavy they're very story heavy about introducing you to like the characters and the like stakes of the world of here's why the world's gonna end and here's why you need to be the hero to fix that um so it's a lot of like rpg intro kind of style stuff but it's truncated enough that you do most of that in the first like hour or two it's like the length of the demo if you play the demo that's kind Mm -hmm. of the intro but then once you do that the game really opens up and is like well now you can choose to pursue things at your own pace and do whatever you want and for me that was enough because I was I was actually surprised how big the RPG elements were and the story was so that was like for me something good that hooked me in but then once that the world opened up more I was just in deeper because I could I didn't have to like go down this one path all the time which yeah. I, I've been really enjoying. Um, yeah, so I, I've also been playing Harvestella and I haven't had nearly as good a time with it as you have been. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I've It could be like, it's gonna like pick up and, and get there for me. Um, I, I think I probably am still in the early part where it's, it's funneling you kind of a lot. There's a lot of points where it'll like, there's like a story beat comes up and it's just like, well, we're gonna end your day now. So even though, you know, I was going to like spend the night, you know, doing my crops and, and then setting stuff up around my farm. It's like, no, there's a story beat that's going to happen and we're just going to fast forward you to the next day. A lot of things like that, just kind of like forcing the story along. So maybe once it opens up, I I will start to enjoy it more if I have more of that choice that you're talking about of what to do with my time, as opposed to feeling like I need, I'm like being pushed along this particular path, but I just haven't found. So I got like the first day I played it, I was like, I got very obsessed with it like (laughs) right away just because it's that kind of like grabby game. But after a few hours, I started to feel like, so it, it has like the farming it has the relationship stuff it has the combat but they all seem a little undercooked like there's like there's not really too much to do on your farm like you just mm-hmm. kind of plant things and then wait a few days and they grow and then you sell them and then buy more seeds there's not like a lot of management you can do there or like setting systems up and the the kind of character paths seem to be all tied to you doing like their specific subquests which also unlock abilities for you and that kind of irked me because like i've already met some characters where I'm like, oh, I don't want to get to know you, but I know I'm going to have to in order to unlock like skills and things Mm -hmm. as opposed to just deciding like I'm going to spend time with this person because I like the character. And I think for me, the biggest drawback so far has been the combat. I found it to be really pretty dull. Like I'm just kind of mashing buttons and it is such a big part of the game that it's just like, I kind of wish I could just ignore that and and do more farming and then maybe I would enjoy it more. Yeah, I don't know. So far it's, there've been like little hints and and little and like I've been enjoying some of it, but it's just 
just really isn't, it seems like it's kind of pushing back <laughs> on me. Uh, every time I start to really get into it, it's like, well, you know, your farm is too small. You can't keep doing this. The combat's kind of dull. I don't want to keep doing that. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that I will get to a point where I'm like, oh, fool, it's unlocked. And now, and now it's like on a better path. But right now I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in it. I get that. I mean, which I'm sad about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say to an extent, some of this like does change as you naturally like upgrade your farm and upgrade your character. I think that the gripe with combat is fair. I think there's a bit of complexity that comes when you start unlocking like a lot more jobs mm -hmm. because you can equip three jobs at a time and a lot of combat becomes knowing when to switch between certain jobs to like have better damage against enemies or like take care of crowds. So, you know, in my opinion, it's like it is that cliche of like you have to wait a little bit before it really gets good. <laughs> oh, it's a video game. I, I do think that like your opinion on it is is fair. I think it's based on a lot of like truth about some of the game's aspects. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I I hope it, it kind of settles on something good. I just, I don't know. I like the idea of games. I mean, this is why I play Final Fantasy 14. It's like the game where you can kind of decide what you want to do based on just kind of how you're feeling that day. And I think Harvestella could scratch that itch. It just feels like all of the individual components of it aren't white clicking for me. Uh, I'm going to keep, I mean, I'm certainly not close to just giving up entirely on it. I'm hoping that it does click with me. It'll it'll click once you meet the uh, the hot teacher with swords. Yeah, suddenly I mean, suddenly the game will get really good. That is definitely like <laughs> one of the things that's like, well, I've got to keep going until I meet her because that could change everything. What is the like story point you're at? Like, has the world at all opened up a little bit to you? Yeah, so I've gotten to the point where you can basically go like three or four different directions, mm -hmm. which I mean, literally, like you can, there are paths in any direction out of the main, like the town you start in. And I've just started down the first path. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like, th this is a good point because I think the game does really become kind of more of what I think it wants to be starting around here. I, I look forward to hearing more from you as you play it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to play some right after we record, actually. <laughs> so... <laughs> So maybe maybe it'll I'll find something about it that, that I can really really sink my teeth into. It's, I actually have the, the the thing that I have been appreciating is the I think I, I mentioned this briefly at some point. We probably didn't record this, but we were talking about uh, Valkyrie Elysium and some other games recently where they have these like really gorgeous character portraits, like these yeah. sort of like like hand drawn portraits, and they have those in this game for for some characters and also for a lot of food. Uh, and it's just been like I don't know. I just love that they they reward you with these like here's a cool jpeg you can look at you know <laughs> like i don't know so there's a lot of stuff about the presentation that i enjoy it's just like i don't know it seems like a jumble of mechanics at this point yeah i think stylistically it's a very pretty game mm -hmm. in a way that um one of the things that i think about a lot while playing it is that it feels almost like a modern take on like old school Final Fantasy like like Final Fantasy like three is what this game really feels like to me hmm. kind of based on the story is a little similar and simple in a way but also it's just that old JRPG feel of you get to travel around a world map and eventually you can like unlock thing like animals to ride or vehicles to travel around in um and there's just this there's this old school feel and design in that that i 
I really appreciate it like so many Square Enix games do lately with like Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler or Triangle Strategy they it feels like they're trying to make a spiritual successor to a lot of these classic games from their past which I I am down with I I'm enjoying it and most of these kinds of games that they've been doing. Yeah, I think I definitely like that conceptually. Like I, it is, yeah, they're in a weird period right now where they're kind of like excavating their past in a way and trying to decide what to do with them. Like Final Fantasy seems to be getting more and more like of an action series all the time. And they're like replacing the, the, they're, they're adding new RPGs to kind of fill out that part of it where like rather than just keep this franchise that's been running forever as the same thing, they've like evolved it and then added things like Bravely Default to, to kind of fill the, the JRPG gap, which is a weird strategy, maybe, if that's a strategy. <laughs> uh, but I do like that they're covering both of those things. I think they should just uh, take up the Final Fantasy 13 era mentality, and they should just start naming every game Final Fantasy colon some something. Yeah. Like, I want it to be Final Fantasy Harvestella. <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy Bravely Default. I <laughs> Make everything Final Fantasy, because yeah. what is Final Fantasy anyways, even? <laughs> They could just call it Final Fantasy XI colon Harvestella because nobody would be able to tell if it had anything to do with Final Fantasy XI. Nobody plays it. Not true, actually. A lot of people still play it, which I think is still, incredible. Still, it's like 20 years old and yeah. people play that game. It's still getting content. I found it impenetrable when I tried to play it, like close to when it first came out. So hats off to those people who somehow found a way to still be playing it. I do not share their dedication. <laughs> But beyond, you know, all these Square Enix games, uh, especially this week, there's been other stuff. And for me, the thing that I've, I've really been enjoying a lot as a way to like break up playing other games and stuff for work is uh, the first DLC for Escape Academy came out, which Escape Academy is a game that I love this year. It's it's a basically it's a escape room video game and you can play it in co-op. It's incredible as a co-op game. And then they released their first uh, DLC content it adds five more escape rooms so it takes like two to two and a half hours to play it's called escape from anti-escape island i do love that <laughs> it's a great title the best thing about escape academy is honestly that their their humor and their storytelling like they have this wild story in the game where you're attending you know escape academy it's like you know it's it's basically a special school for escape artists it makes no sense and it's great but the DLC is fantastic and I played it in two nights. And the thing that struck me about it is that it is like so much harder than the base game. <laughs> These like five new puzzles are pretty difficult and they will really make you scratch your head. Like <laughs> when I played the base game, I had a pretty simple time with most of it. Like I, I did have to think a lot for a lot of puzzles, but I was never really stumped and I never had to like use a hint or restart because I failed. And then with this one from the first puzzle, I, I had to like get a hint because I was like, I am <laughs> cool. struggling so much. It, it was like fun though. It's really difficult. They, um, they grade their puzzles on a scale of one to five. And in the base game, there's only one five, like five level escape room. And then in this one, they have like a couple, um, they're either four or higher and they're really, really enjoyable. So, um, that's what I have been playing that I've really loved. Yeah, you were like the number one escape room stan as far 
far as I can tell. Like you've you've really been pitching this game. I have. I think people should play it. <laughs> yeah, I did try to play it a little bit. We you talked about this a bit before. Like I I did like it's very clear from the start like just how sharp and funny the writing is. Like I really wanted to get absorbed in it. I think the key might be playing at co-op because I was just like sitting alone on my couch like I do all every day and it just like wasn't quite even though I was enjoying the puzzles I was like oh I could like even I could feel it I was just like oh if this was like if I was playing this with somebody and we could just be like you know like helping each other out or or just like chatting as we do this like this would be an incredibly fun game um I do definitely think it's made for co-op. Yeah, it really feels that way, which makes sense, right? Because like real world escape rooms are the same thing. Like it's all about cooperation and Mm -hmm. figuring things out as a group. So that that really tracks. But yeah, I'm glad you're having a good time with it. It's it's always, um, I always get a little nervous when a game that I love puts out DLC. So I'm like, oh, what if it's not good? And then it makes me like value the whole experience less, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like sours the rest of it. I mean, we had this recently with like, well, recently and not so recently with with Citizen Sleeper, a game that we, we we both loved and it was like oh there's dlc i was like i was pretty convinced it was going to be good but it was like oh there's always a chance it's going to suck and kind of sour the experience and it's nice that that didn't and it seems like this didn't either what about you have you been doing anything interesting yeah well so i actually have been playing like last night i started playing sparks of hope the new mario and rabbids game yeah have, have you played any of this since the preview or uh yeah i've i've played a lot of it i okay cool <laughs> I've had so much coverage of this game, um, but I've been really enjoying it. So what about you? Yeah, I, I have been enjoying it. I'm having a weird issue with this game though, where, cause you didn't play the first one, did you? No. Okay, so I did and loved it. This game, it's like obviously very similar, but they, they've made a lot of kind of small changes to it. And I don't think any of the changes are actually, actually make the game better. And I think some <laughs> of them, some of them are actively worse. So there's this thing where like you can move around freely in combat as opposed to choosing like having like a grid to move on um yeah which feels like totally neutral to me like I, it's just like fine that <laughs> that feels okay but the the thing that's kind of been putting me off is it has these like big almost kind of open world maps that you walk around now and there's like little battles you can get in along the way and then kind of like little story bits whereas the original was like very linear levels there were kind of these side paths you could take to solve little puzzles and that just seemed to fit better like it it, it made the whole thing feel like a theme park which might sound like a like a drag on it but it actually like it was just really clever like they would set up all these little like set pieces uh, and like position the camera in a clever way so you to like make like turn like things in the environment into punchlines. and i think the wandering around and just getting into random battles feels like it's detracting a little bit from the experience of like the kind of adventure you're on i don't know yeah i've, I've had mixed feelings about it i think it's, it's fun it feels way too simple so far, which probably will change because the first one got pretty difficult toward the end. Um, so I'm hoping this one does as well. But it's, yeah, I don't know. So far I'm having a good time, but also like the the memory of the original kind of diminishes it for me in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah, I one of the things that when I first got my hands on this game, I remember feeling really uh, jarring is that it looks kind of like a 3D Mm-hmm. Mario game where you can like run around an adventure but there's no jump button yes I keep trying to jump which <laughs> it's really weird it feels wrong because you're just like locked to the ground you can like do a dash but you yeah. can't jump and it feels it's wrong whole thing I also don't uh, so far I haven't the music is supposed to be good in this I, I've not enjoyed the like kind of ambient you're just walking around the map music so far but I'm I'm thinking that will change because mm-hmm. it does have like a pretty incredible group of people doing the soundtrack yeah I I do really like the soundtrack I think 
think it's I think the music is pretty great, especially considering just like the three really mm. talented <laughs> composers that yeah, they got. Sure. It's it's wild to have like three big people all on this yeah. one game. Yeah, there's like I don't know. Yeah, the first area there's a lot of times where it's just kind of like no music playing, and I'm like, what is what's going on? Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that getting better. Uh, but there is another thing that I have been enjoying this week that is not a game, and I would like you to check Discord for what that is. <gasps> oh my god do you want to describe what you're seeing yeah so in the discord i was just sent a picture of robin's arm with a tattoo if i am not mistaken it looks like essentially a crystal and then it is a bluebird over it and if i'm not mistaken this is the final fantasy 14 tattoo uh yeah you're not mistaken it is amazing this is this is our good girl medion the the crystal is like a modified version of a symbol that my fc uses the colors are changed just for contrast with the blue thing because normally it's like purple and I'll, I'll share this somewhere once i'm gonna wait until it heals and take a better picture where it's not me lying down with a paper towel covering <laughs> myself to drain all the ink off but yeah this is um peek behind the curtain i i had to ask willa to postpone recording yesterday because i got oh, this is this why yeah i got this like two hours before <laughs> we started recording and I thought oh I was going to be fine, but it was like a three hour session and I like got home and ate some chemo and then immediately fell asleep for like four hours. Uh, it was really <laughs> exhausting. But uh, this is a great surprise. Yeah. I thought it'd be very funny oh, to so reveal cool. at the end of a recording. Like, yeah, I just got this tattoo mere hours ago, but my, my body did not want to participate in that. Uh, but it yeah, it looks great. Yeah. I'm extremely happy with it. It's the first tattoo I've gotten in like 15 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I'm just so pleased with it. That is amazing. I love it. Yeah. It makes me want to go get a tattoo even more than I already do. Yeah, do it. I recommend it. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's like commemorating Final Fantasy fourteen and my FC in particular have been a very positive thing for uh, surviving the, like, isolation of the, the past few years, especially, like, the early pandemic where it was, like, extremely dire and no one was leaving their houses. Uh, and this, yeah, I don't know, it just feels like a, a, a cool way to commemorate that. And also, I think it's very pretty. I think it's a great choice also of, you know, the bird of Medion. Ah, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. I Also, I've been, like, trying to get that minion for since Endwalker launched and haven't seen it drop yet, so I had to, you know, take drastic measures. Yeah, instead you were like, I need a tattoo, that'll fix yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, I think, yeah, the, the, the symbol of, of Medion in this bluebird form is also very potent, uh, a kind of symbol of hope in the face of, you know, existential despair, which, hey, that's relevant. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid for next week. What is going to be the surprise next time? You can only you can only go up. You have to up yourself. Yeah. Before recording last week, I got my ears pierced. Or no, that was directly after recording. And then this this week was a tattoo. <laughs> I need to find a new way to modify myself by next week. <laughs> this is not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, it's it it does end here, but probably only for a very short time, given how yeah. compulsive these things can get. That's a a, a great surprise and a really cool thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, with Robin's new tattoo, that'll wrap it up for us here at Girl Mode. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts on Twitter at girlmode underscore pod and on co-host at girlmode dash pod. I am on Twitter and co-host at the Willow Row. And I'm on Twitter and co-host at Robin Bombas. Well, uh, thanks for listening and uh, see you next time. Have a good day. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)